This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. If you could own something of great value, but it will cost everything you have, would you be interested? Well, we do have such a chance, and the good news is that the price is a real bargain. Let's learn more about this opportunity in today's message entitled, The Bottom Line. What's the bottom line when it comes to following Jesus Christ? Stay with us and find out. We begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, you are wonderful. While we were still sinners, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us. There are no human words that can truly express our gratitude for the wonders of your love and grace, except to say, thanks be to you forever. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, beginning at verse 25. Now great crowds accompanied Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, He cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It's thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, so what's the bottom line? We ask that question when we want to know what something is going to cost. We just watch the Olympics. Is there a bottom line given to athletes who want to be in the Olympics team? Of course. Absolute commitment to rigorous training. Taking extra special care of that body of yours. Don't put steroids in it. Have a competitive never-give-up attitude. Work hard. A commitment to being a team player. A person of character as you represent our nation. That's the bottom line. An employee might ask his boss, what's the bottom line for me to get a promotion in this company? 
and that boss would have a list of things. That's the bottom line. When a bill comes and I open it up, my eyes look immediately at the bottom line to find out what I am to pay. I want to consider a bottom line question with you today. What would you say is the bottom line for being a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple? Because in today's text from Luke, Jesus himself answers that question for us. We are told that Jesus was accompanied by great crowds. This was an enthusiastic group, passionate, admirers of Jesus. They liked this miracle man, this charismatic teacher. Perhaps he was looked upon as their hope for the future. There's a lot of fired up people saying, we're with him. Maybe we can benefit from being connected with him. He provides us with great entertainment with his miracles and storytelling, and we love it when he takes on the religious leaders around us and stumps them. I would imagine some might have even started referring to themselves as disciples of Jesus, wanting to be identified with this popular celebrity. Yeah, I'm with Jesus. He's amazing, isn't he? And I'm going to follow him wherever he may go. Talk is cheap. You see, in reality, they were fans, not followers. A fan, you see, is someone who is an enthusiastic admirer. And we learn that Jesus is not interested in having fans. What he's wanting is followers. Sometimes in the church, we fall prey to the danger of creating more of a fan approach to our faith than a follower. People become spectators with more of a consumeristic attitude. Entertain me, feed me, inspire me, take care of me, wow me. Sure, I believe in Jesus. I'm here, aren't I? You know, when that attitude becomes prevalent in the church, perhaps it's because we have been too focused on promoting the benefits of Jesus, selling him like a product to the masses, and not talking about what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Why do we do that? For the sake of attracting and keeping the crowds. Just say the prayer, let them into your heart, and keep showing up. But Jesus seems to have other ideas. He lays out the bottom line for the crowds. What's it take to be my disciple? What's the bottom line to follow me? To be my follower means a willingness to risk losing everything. For me, like your family, he who does not hate his family can't be my disciple. How shocking that must have been to hear. By the way, when he says, hate my family, it's an Aramaic way of saying, love them less than me. Choose me over your family. I'm reminded of James and John who dropped their nets and left their father holding the nets to follow Jesus. And we know that to follow him in the early days of Christianity could be a major sacrifice, might be considered dead by your family members. I recently read of a woman in India who was poisoned by her family and died for converting to Christianity. In America, this commitment to following Jesus Christ can cause disruption and tension in homes. Are you going down to that church? Why are you giving them our money? This has got to stop. I'm opposed to this. To follow me, Jesus goes on to say, means 
also a willingness to risk losing your life, to suffer and even die for him. Jesus doesn't say, pick up your Cadillac and follow me. No, he says, pick up your cross and follow me. Be willing to sacrifice and suffer, to sacrifice your reputation, to suffer rejection by those who don't get it as you stand up for me and speak up for me in this world. Jesus goes on, to follow me means a willingness to lose your possessions. Choosing me over things like a car, house, financial security, a job. The bottom line, Jesus is saying, I want everything. These words of Jesus remind me of another place in the Gospels when Jesus said that life with him as a follower was like finding a precious pearl worth a lot, a lot, very valuable, and going out and selling everything in order to possess it. Uh, listen to this little dialogue. It reminded me of these, these words today from Jesus. I want this pearl. How much is it? Well, the seller says it's very expensive. But how much, we ask? Well, a very large amount. Do you think I could buy it? Oh, of course, everyone can buy it. But didn't you say it was very expensive? Yes. Well, how much is it? Everything you have, says the seller. We make up our minds. All right, I'll buy it, we say. Well, what do you have? He wants to know. Let's write it down. Well, I have $10,000 in the bank. Good, $10,000. What else? That's all. That's all I have. Nothing more? Well, I have a few dollars here in my pocket. How much? We start digging. Well, looks like $120. That's fine. What else do you have? Well, nothing. That's all. Where do you live? He is still probing. In my house. Yeah, I guess I have a house. The house, too, then, he writes that down. You mean I have to live in my camper? You have a camper, he says. That, too. What else? I'll have to sleep in my car. You have a car? Yeah, two of them. Both become mine. Both cars. What else? Well, you already have my money, my house, my camper, my cars. What else? What more do you want? Are you alone in this world? No, I have a wife and two children. Oh, yes, your wife and children, too. What else? I have nothing left. I'm left alone now. Suddenly the seller exclaims, Oh, I almost forgot. You yourself, too. Everything becomes mine. Wife, children, house, money, cars, and you, too. And then he goes on. He says, Now listen. I will allow you to use all these things for the time being, but don't forget that they're mine now, just as you are. And whenever I need any of them, you must give them up, because now I am the owner. Now, that's a little different than we're used to hearing most of the time when it comes to following Jesus, isn't it? It's more than admitting my need, confessing my sin, saying a prayer after someone, and showing up regularly for worship, and being told that's what it's all about. This calling has some teeth to it. This is not a soft sell by any means. It means being willing to risk everything, family, life, possessions, to follow Christ. When you think about it, it means laying aside the American dream to pursue his dream. Jesus, by the way, knows he's demanding a lot. He encourages us to count the cost before we jump in. He says to the crowd, you need to know what you're getting into before you jump in with me and think this through. It's not going to be a smooth ride and a trouble-free walk 
A builder counts the cost before he starts a building project, and a king considers the cost before going to war. And if I'm going to call you to be salt to the world, salt that easily loses its flavor will not help my cause. It's useless. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I'm not interested, Jesus says, in building a fan base. I'm looking for committed followers to follow me and establish my kingdom, the kingdom of God. Wow. I wonder how many people went back to their homes that day. These words of Jesus remind me of a book I read years ago by a great Christian theologian who eventually became a martyr wrote the book called Cost of Discipleship. His name's Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And in that book he wrote, When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. I'm reminded of the great missionary, Amy Carmichael. Did a lot of writing. Here's something she said in regard to what we've been covering. Can we follow the Savior far who have no wound or scar? While this talk from Jesus may have shocked his listeners that day, and maybe we find it even a little harsh and shocking, it really shouldn't surprise us if we are at all familiar with the rest of the story, right? I mean, remember where Jesus is headed. He's going to Jerusalem. And what's his purpose in going to Jerusalem? To suffer and die for the sins of the world on a cross. That's his agenda. He's carrying out his father's plan to rescue his lost world, a plan that was hatched in the Garden of Eden after humanity's fall into sin. He was totally committed to lay down his life for you and me to rescue us from sin and death. And that's what he did. And in response to his love, which knows no bounds, he wants us, his followers, saved by grace through faith, to love him unequivocally, unambiguously, giving him our all in all. To be people who are willing to change their question in a world full of things demanding our allegiance from, where does my Christianity fit into all the things of my life? To this question, how do all the things in my life fit into my Christianity from now on? It's a willingness to give my all in all to the one who is my all in all, who laid down his life to rescue me and give me eternal life. It's to speak up for him no matter what the cost when the opportunity arises, to stand up for him when others might be running him down, to give myself away to others in his name in big and small ways so that others might come to love and trust Jesus like I do. That's the bottom line. It begs the question, though, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Jesus one time said, in response to that question, it's in dying for me that you will find life. It's in self-denial. What does it profit a person to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? He who is willing to die for me will find life here and in eternity. 
And uh, as I pointed out earlier, Jesus described following him as a real bargain. The man who came across a precious pearl of great worth and sold everything to have it. You see, he didn't see that as a sacrifice, but as a very wise investment. Jesus says, you follow me, you're trading up when it comes to living. We might ask, well, how can I know what Jesus is saying is truth? And that's a simple one. The resurrection. God raised him up on Easter after he died upon that cross for our sins and said, yes, he affirmed everything Jesus said. All power and authority in heaven and on earth has been conferred to Jesus. He's Lord and his word is truth. And listen to these witnesses who have answered his calling in their lives. There's the Apostle Paul who was martyred for his faith. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. Or there's Jim Elliot, a missionary who was martyred in Ecuador, who said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Have you heard of David Livingstone, that African missionary? When asked about his life and what a sacrifice it was, he said, People talk of the sacrifice I have made, spending so much of my life in Africa. It is emphatically no sacrifice. Say rather, it's a privilege. Amy Carmichael, who I mentioned earlier, said, What is the secret to great living? Entire separation to Christ and devotion to Him. Malcolm Muggeridge, that famous British journalist and writer and Christian apologist who came to Christ, said, I never knew what joy was until I gave up pursuing happiness or cared to live until I chose to die. For these two discoveries, I am beholden to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a personal question today. Are you willing to sign up for that? To be a follower, committed to giving everything, for Jesus Christ rather than settling to just be a fan? Are you a fan or a follower? I appeal to you this day to commit yourself or even recommit yourself today to spending the rest of your days following Him and giving Him your all in all. He who has ears to hear, as Jesus says, let him hear 
and she who has ears to hear, let her hear. Jesus, we pause at this holy moment and ask that you would come in and take over our lives. We commit ourselves this day to following you, to giving our lives for the sake of your kingdom. Use us in whatever way you see fit. Thank you for losing your life for our sake, for laying it down for us. In the name of of you, Lord, the Savior, we ask this. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, your word has stretched us quite a bit today. Thank you for awakening us once again to what the bottom line of discipleship is about. Forgive us, Lord, when we act more like fans instead of followers. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, renew us and help us to give our all for him who gave his all for us. Amen. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message will help you commit yourself to being not simply a fan, but a follower of Jesus Christ, willing to give everything up for Him. Christian Crusaders' first program aired on September 6th of 1936 as an hour-long broadcast of the worship service at Trinity Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa. Its purpose was to serve the community of believers who were unable to attend services. Eighty years later, our purpose remains the same today. We are grateful to our listeners and supporters who have helped us continue serving the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world through radio airwaves, the internet, and satellite. If today's program has spoken to you and you are able to do so, we ask that you please consider making a contribution to this ministry so we can continue to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to listeners across the country. Address your letters of support to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. If you have not been able to do so, we encourage you to visit our redesigned, colorful new website, where you can find both a printed and audio copy of today's message, as well as many recent messages. Visit us today online at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you were able to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker on Christian Crusaders, now beginning its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.